your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. So the Knicks earned arguably their biggest win of the season, defeating the Boston Celtics at the TD Garden. Thursday night, the Knicks overcame a 15-point first-quarter deficit to go up 12 with just five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Celtics would storm back and force the game to overtime. The Knicks and then had to overcome a five-point deficit in overtime to find a way to steal the road win. Julius Randle, a monster game, another one. 37 points in this one. Jalen Brunson added 29. R.J. Barrett had a really rough shooting, shooting night. He did score 19 points, but... The biggest shot of the evening might have been that corner three he had to put the Knicks up by one point with 29 seconds left. So uh, you had Randall and Barrett contributing big ways in overtime. Both of those guys hitting clutch free throws. And unlike most other Knicks games, it was the other team that missed clutch free throws. You had Jalen Brown missing two clutch free throws down the stretch that would have put the Celtics ahead late in the game. Knicks were able to hold on and win. So, Tommy, I asked right out the gate here, is this the biggest win of the Knicks season so far? Yeah, I, I think it qualifies. Um, you got to, you know, playing the team with the best record in the NBA on the road, national television. Um, it has all the all the components there and, and just kind of how it played out, I think, adds to the uniqueness and the, and the specialness of the victory. Um, I think you could have argued Tuesday's win over the Cavs was the biggest win of the season up to that point, you know, maybe along with the, the previous win over Cleveland. Um, but but for all those factors and more, I think. Um, uh, Thursday night's victory over Boston um, was a, a very much needed victory. Um, and, and, you know, again, I think when the Knicks play at their best, they can play with anybody. And we saw that again Thursday night. Yeah, it was funny in the post postgame. Uh, Randall had said that, you know, this game proves that they can uh, beat anybody and that they can lose to anybody because we've seen the Knicks uh, lose to teams like the Spurs. And we've seen them obviously beat now the team right now, the NBA's best record in the Boston Celtics. And one thing I will say about this game that stood out to me was I think the Knicks have shown when they've been at their best is when they can lean on their defense. And that's what we saw in this game. Like the Knicks put together a really strong defensive game, really much, pretty much outside of the beginning of the first quarter when the Celtics were just raining threes. And it looked like it was going to be a long evening. It looked like it might be a 20-point blowout uh, the way it started. Julius Randle, first of all, much props to him for keeping the team afloat in that first quarter. Um, but it didn't look good after that first quarter, really first five minutes or so. And then after that, it was a defensive clinic really for the rest of the game. And I think even including the last five minutes where Knicks just stopped scoring. That's why the Celtics came back and won. It wasn't like Knicks defense was that terrible. They, the Celtics just, uh, Knicks just offense just went into just prevent. It was, it was crazy how they talked about how they finished that regulation. And we'll talk about that in a second. But to me, the Knicks in their defense, the way they were able to lean on it for much of this game, the way they leaned on it in overtime, uh, when the offense was still struggling, the Knicks only had two field goals in this overtime. It was a three-pointer from Randall, and it was that clutch three-pointer from R.J. Barrett. The rest of their points were free throws. Um, the Knicks had a long stretch in that overtime where they were not scoring, and they held serve, and they kept themselves in the game because they kept getting stops. So um, we saw when they went on that eight-game winning streak how the defense turned around. We saw when they went on other winning streaks that they've been uh, solid defensively and to do that without Mitchell Robinson I think we'll also uh let the players know that hey just because Mitch is out doesn't mean we can't play top-notch defense uh Grimes was I thought great defensively missed some open threes that he's got to make but great defensively I thought quickly was great both offensively and defensively uh Barrett struggled in the first half I thought he did a really good job of Brown in the second half defensively 
And I, I thought that that was really a big key to this game. We'll talk about the offense, but the Knicks being able to defend these guys uh, was was very impressive in this one. Yeah, definitely. For me, the, the main takeaway was thinking about this game again. Just It kind of epitomized what we've seen this season. Bad start. Just, you know, bad start. We've seen it before. It was also a bad start to the season. Down 15 points in the first quarter. Too many open threes. Um, you know, not switching fast enough. Um, you know, just good, good effort, but but obviously not enough, um, you know, to, to slow down a, a very good Boston Celtics team. In that first quarter, however, Julius Randle puts the team on his back, scores 14 points, keeps him with in punching distance. Second unit comes in in the second quarter, led by IQ, their best bench player, one of their best all-around players. Obi gives them a spark, um, you know, and, and all of a sudden they're back in the game uh, uh, within uh, two points at halftime. Third quarter, Randle and Brunson go to work. Uh, 27 points combined for those two guys. Uh, 14 and 13 respectively on just, uh, you know, 27 points on, on 14 field goal attempts, um, build out a big lead. Um, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. McBride hits a pair of free throws. Again, he contributed defensively, got his hands on, on, on yeah. some passing, you know, just, just aggressive defensively all night, helped set the tone. Um, and, uh, you know, the Knicks are up 13, eight minutes left, and no Nick fan felt confident because we've seen this time and time and time and time again. Um, again, as you mentioned, offense stagnates. Um, too many high pick and rolls. They're trying to melt the clock. With There's still five minutes left, six minutes left, yeah. four minutes left. You can tell they're trying to, you know, wait. You cannot go. Yeah, I mean, you, you, Tommy, I don't know if you saw. I mean, there was plays where Jalen Brunson was walking the dog. With like five minutes left, you know, where he's trying to run the clock with the shot clock not running. And to me, that that set like a mindset of like, like that was a bad mindset to me. Like I get to, you know, from a from a statistical standpoint, yeah, you want to run some clock. But like it's five minutes left in the game. What are you doing walking the dog at that point? When I, I say walking the dog, people don't know. That's when you roll the ball out and the player doesn't pick it up until, you know, the defender comes close to them. That way you can run the time clock without running the shot clock. Is a way that you know John Morant's doing it a bunch this year, and that's been a, a topic of conversation. But Brunson was doing it with like six minutes left in the game. You could tell definitely that it's in their heads, it's in their psyche, it's in the fans' head, it's in Tibbs' head, it's in Randall's head, it's in Brunson's head, and it manifested itself unsurprisingly. I mean, the numbers are incredible. Um, over the final two forty-five, uh, oh, the final two thirty of the fourth quarter, through the final two minutes, uh, through the first two minutes fifteen seconds of overtime. The Knicks didn't score a point. That that's a four minute forty five second stretch where they didn't not not just didn't have a three or a two or they didn't score a point. Celtics outscored them thirteen to zero. Um, you mentioned they won a game in overtime where they didn't have a two point field goal. I'm not sure how many times <laughs> it's done. I'm not sure when the last time it's been done. Yeah. Um, but all that being said. The Knicks found a way to win. I mean, that's a gritty, gutty win. You know, that's a, an impressive. In certain respects, it's you know frustrating for Knicks fans because we've seen the type of things that had tripped them up. Um, but they got stops when they needed to. Sims with the big block at the end of regulation. Um, R.J. Barrett, after a po very poor defensive first half, was do, did a better job getting locked in um, on Jalen Brown and. Um, did give up that layup to Brown with about a minute right. left. That, that was a poor defensive play. Uh, got caught sleeping. But uh, all things considered, um, you mentioned Grimes. I don't know if it's possible for a player to miss every important three-pointer he takes <laughs> and hold the guy he's guarding to just 35 points, you know. No. But if, if it's possible, Grimes had a good game. Um, yeah. 
expect because he, he can pet and I, and I think he's going to knock down those shots. Um, but again, we seen know, we seen him knock down those shots this season. You know and, that 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 game it just wasn't falling for him. And and part of it is because again they let, it's. 11 seconds before they even get into their offense. So Grimes right. catches it with 1.3 left on the shot clock. He's got a rush. Um, so, you know, so are they, you know, not even really tightly contested, but, you know, got a factor in the, the time and pressure of the situation. Um, again, all that being said, down 115, 110, every Nick fan knew New York was losing that game. I mean, they yeah. were dead in the water. I mentioned they hadn't scored in five minutes. Um, Randall comes down, hits a three clutch three they get three more stops barrett has had a terrible game six five for 17 in the game up to that point corner three brunson finds him nails it puts the knicks up one and then lost in kind of the the the, the drama there were six free throws taken the last 20 seconds of that game brunson uh randall made two barrett yep. made two and jalen brown missed two um, and you know, well, again, Jalen Brown, five for five in the game, a good free throw shooter. Um, we talked about, it, it's funny, you know, we talked about the two minute report coming out after we, after we recorded our pod on Wednesday, after Tuesday, yes. it, it turns out that the league thought, uh, Donovan Mitchell <laughs> fouled, the Knicks got away with one, whatever the case yeah. might be. Um, I thought that was questionable. Um, but again, it had been the Knicks this season that had missed the big free throws. We kind of see the, maybe the luck for this team starting to change. That's two games in a row where you think, think anything that could go wrong against the Knicks has gone wrong. Now it's going against the other team. And, and again, all things considered, Tibbs gets credit. Sims gets credit for yeah. 14 boards, um, defensive intensity. Obi provided a spark game high plus minus um just a lot to like there and i think that the, the thing you like most outside of randall who deserves a lion's share of credit and we'll talk about yes. his numbers because he's just on another level right now um a gritty gutty win um that that as a fan you re, you, you take a sigh of relief and then you're like yeah I'm, I'm proud of this team and you talk about giving those guys credit and you mentioned thibodeau and i will i will join you in that because that's that the end of that first quarter that second quarter came you know knicks are down and he played Obi Toppin 10 minutes straight in the first quarter. Now, you know, if you don't pay attention to the season, you may think, what's the big deal about playing Obi Toppin 10 minutes straight? But considering how great Randall played in that first quarter and for Tibbs to have the restraint to not pull Obi quick as the team was playing well in that second unit, that second unit did a great job uh, in that game. My second game in a row, they did a great job. Yes. Um, and he he left them out there. I, it got to a point where I, I was at like two minutes. I'm like, all right, we need to get Randall back in there. Like, right. he was the best player on the floor. Like, they kind of need him to get back in. But to me, like, that was great because I think that that in some ways, you know, obviously they had those struggles that I think had nothing to do with fatigue. It was more about execution. Right. But I think that's why he played so great in the second half. Like, he he came out in that third quarter, and him and Brunson were boogieing because those guys had rest. Like, those guys were were, were rested. They got an extended amount of time on the bench. And – because the way the Celtics manage their roster and how those guys get usually considered my rest, I thought it allowed them to, to kind of remain even with them. It wasn't as if, you know, Tatum sitting for a bunch of this game and Randall's playing every minute and then you get to the end of the game and now Randall's exhausted and their best player has only played 30 minutes. Like, it, it, it was a lot more even and that's why the Knicks were ahead for for uh, for a good portion of that fourth quarter until, you know, they went back to the, 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 the slowdown 
isolation heavy offense. Yeah, Randall only had 32 minutes played at the end of regulation. You know, tack on another five for overtime, but that I mean that's ideal. That's that I would prefer. I think we both would prefer to see Obi and Randall share the floor a little bit together. Right. Um, but again, it's a this is a results based business. Um, so if you you get the W, um, and yes, I agree. You know, Randall made knock down two free throws. He didn't he didn't play it. To, right. You know, I think that you know part of that. You know, he knocked down that big three in in overtime. Um, would he have done that if his legs were you know a little more tired? I, I don't know, but um, it's a good sign and, and credit to Tibbs for uh, monitoring and keeping a point on it. Um, I agree with you that that extended run in the second quarter. Again, Obi had been playing less than 11 minutes per game for this last. Five uh, yeah, games. it's crazy. So to see him play 10 minutes consecutively was certainly notable. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what went into it. I, I did not hear if, if one of the reporters asked him why that happened. It may have just been that you know second unit was playing that well and they were playing right. well with Obi. But right. again, like Tibbs has not done that in the past. Like right. there have been times where second unit played well with Obi and it didn't matter. Randall was coming back in at that six minute mark in the second quarter. So the yeah. fact that he just left Obi out there was great because they played really well with him. But surprising. I do want to talk about Randall before we. I do want to mention that offensive stagnation a little bit uh, in a second as well, but. I do want to touch on Randall because now you're seeing Randall. This is now not like a hot streak. This is now not um, you know, a good month. This is starting to become a great season for Julius Randall. Uh, and, and it was kind of ironic to, to listen to the pregame at TNT and Shaq can't get his name right. And then, you know, Randall goes out there and puts up uh, a 37 point, you know, masterclass against the best team in the NBA. And we've talked a lot about, you know, is this a guy that you should sell high on? Um, is this a guy that's a true star? And I think both of us in many ways have said, yes, you should trade him. And no, he's not a true star. But now seeing how he's played at this point, like have we undersold Randall where he's placed in this league? Like I, I look at that voting in the All-Star game yesterday, and I don't care much about the fans, but I'm looking at the, 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 the player vote. And, you know, I think he was like ninth or eighth. I think he was ninth among front court players. Uh, for the all-star game which is not a great sign if that's any kind of indication of what will happen with the coaches though that may just be just something totally independent but like I- i'm wondering like is he vastly underrated at this point like, is he a star in this league because he looked like a star in that game and he looked like a star for the last three months really yeah i, I mean listen um the players i think chet holgram got three votes as as an all-star <laughs> right. starter um yeah. you know so I, I again i try not to put too much weight um in, in that nonsense but um as far as randall goes um i, I listen uh, last month it's a six that's a 16 game sample size he's averaging 28.6 points 14 rebounds 4.7 assists 3.4 made three-pointers averages during that 16 game stretch he's had either 30 points and or 15 rebounds in 15 of those 16 games during the span again this is dating back to january uh, december 27th randall leads the nba in double doubles leads the nba in rebounds has 31 more rebounds than any player in, uh, any other player in the league he's fifth in points scored behind only dame lillard luka Doncic, jason tatum and lebron james and he's fourth and made three pointers behind only Buddy Heald, CJ McCollum, and, and Damon Lillard. He's also dished out more assists than Shea Gilders, Alexander, and Terry Rozier. This guy is it, 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 it's this is the best month of basketball he's played in his career. Yes. And that includes the, his, his all NBA campaign when he's when he was, you know, all NBA second team. That's one of the 10 best players in the NBA. In my mind, we got to start talking about where does this rank for a month of 
dominant performance in in NBA in Knicks franchise history. You know, right. going back certainly this this century. Um, you know, compare that with with Melo's best month. Compare that with Steph Marbury's best month. The, the, what the 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 brand of basketball Julius Randle's playing right now, shockingly so. Um, is exceeding anybody's wildest expectations. So to me, you know, I understand Reggie Miller, who's probably watched seven minutes of Knicks basketball this season, <laughs> right. um, you know, thinking that he's on the borderline. And you saw even um, Reggie Miller's ballot had too many guards on it. It was, you know, I think. Yeah, people, I don't know why people don't understand the rules, man. They're not that hard. I know I'm an all-star game fundamentalist, but like he had like six guards. And it's, and it's one thing for, you know, the casual fan, like, oh, that's interesting. It's another thing for a guy who gets paid to analyze the league. But that's neither here nor there, a topic of conversation for another day. Randall's going to make the all-star team. A lot of it has to do with the fact that there's, you know, limited, you know, uh, talent base at the at the forward position. Um, right. But Randall's going to make the all-star team. Whether Brunson, whether they both do or not is certainly up for debate. Um, and we'll we'll talk about that in the, in the days and weeks ahead. Um, but to me, you can't give enough credit to Julius Randall for the win last night for the month he's had uh, and for his performance over the first three months of the season. Uh, again, he's, he's averaging more points, more rebounds, has a higher true shooting percentage, fewer turnovers than he did during his, his all NBA campaign. And um, it's, it really is remarkable to see as, 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 as I don't know if I, if I've seen a player in New York in my lifetime, go from that high to that low back to that high. Cause we've seen guys go high and then, you know, fall off the cliff and get traded or not handle New York yeah. to see him, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's the, the meditation or the, you know, whatever yeah. he's got going on um, credit to him because it, it, it and one, one other thing I just, as I was thinking of it, um, um, I retweeted a clip of um, Breen's incredible intro to the January 26th game from three years ago, the day we lost Kobe. Um, and I can't believe yeah. it's been three years. Uh, had me yeah. messed up thinking about it yesterday. Um, but Breen's intro to that game, you could, he's, he's crying and, he, and he, emotional. Yeah. Um, one of the players in the clip, obviously, is, is Julius Randle. And he looks so much skinnier. So credit to Randle for really getting an incredible shape. Um, he's a just he's he he undergoes a pounding, gets fouled, um, does the dirty work on, on the glass, and a lot of that's due that he's put himself in position to be successful due to being in incredible shape and and again playing a ton of minutes and not looking the least bit worn out yet. Yeah, nothing but the highest praise for, for Julius Randle, and yes, of course, R.I.P. to Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant. We lost three years ago, uh, as of uh, Thursday of this week. So. Yeah, much much prayers to them. It's, it's, it was kind of I, had, I you know I, I was reminded earlier in the day, and I was re reminded again when I saw Tatum wearing the uh, yeah Kobe armband. I was like, oh, that's yeah. right. You know, this is that's one of his guys. So yeah, yeah. But um, and Joe Julius talked about it before the game that he said that uh, you know, he talked about it with his wife, and that you know the the death weighed heavy on him in that on that day. Uh, and, and for that game they had on Thursday because he was a teammate of Kobe Bryant. Like, his wife actually his wife actually posted on Instagram, um, Randall went to mass a half an hour before he got on the team bus for the Celtics game and lit a candle for Kobe and Gigi and said like it was clearly like in his thoughts throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. So so we know how much that meant to him. And I think that uh, he would did the Mamba proud with how he played yeah. in that game for sure. And, and I guess uh, one last thing we, we we've touched on a lot of the positive we you know uh, first of all iq i think unsung hero in this game i mean he yes. he was he was spectacular and he he looks like a like a very good player like to me like like i'm watching him now and i watch that game and, and you watch some of the other games he's had and it's like this guy i'm watching him in that game like he's gonna win six man of the year at some point in his career if he stays in new york he will be the six man of the year like he 
I mean, his ability to get into the paint, the floater now is just money. He makes it every time. Malcolm Brown is a 10-year veteran and could win six men of the year this year. He's one yeah. of the strong candidates. Right. IQ was far better than him last night. Look, yeah, he was playing bad him was in that just game. A, 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 both ends of the floor, he's a demon defensively. Um, IQ, absolutely. Yeah, so he was spectacular. I mean, he. I want to make sure he gets a lot of praise for how he played in this game. But um, but that offensive stagnation, I will say this, Tibbs actually acknowledged it in the postgame. He said that the offense got too slow, which was great, because I don't know how many times they've asked him about this stuff, and he yes. normally kind of just deflects it and says, well, you know, something, something, uh, team game, or something, something, we got to rebound. <laughs> so they're deflecting from the issue. And he noted that, hey, the offense got way too slow down the stretch, and that was why Boston came back. I hope that that is a sign of maybe things to come that maybe they will harpen on that. Like, you know, the timeouts were a little weird. So he only had one timeout down the stretch. It wasn't like he bungled it or anything. He just only had one timeout. So there was a long stretch where he, they had to just keep playing. So I don't know how he can't really yell at them. Hey, you know, run your offense faster. So I'm not even going to kill him so much for that game, but I'm hoping that like, as the game goes forward and as they watch film, I assume today that he's drilling that, Hey, this walk it up and just one four high or one four pick and roll with Randall to just get a switch and try to work one on one. That that they just gotta throw that out in the garbage. Like that is just not how you can execute plays. Like the end of the game in regulation, they didn't run any plays. Like there were like two plays in a row where Brunson just dribbled the ball for twenty seconds. They didn't one play. They didn't get a shot in in, in regulation. Like the Knicks have shown that if they defend. And if they continue to move the ball, they could win a, a good hand, a good handful of games this season. They 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 will never win games like that again if they continue to play that way down the stretch. I'm hoping that Tibbs acknowledging it is a sign that 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 will change. At the very least, you, shots go in, shots don't go in. That's fine. To to just not run any sets, to to not get a shot up like that. That's that's egregious. It's been happening all year. So great win, but I'm hoping that they do find a way to figure that out because that was that would have been a disastrous loss if they find a way to lose that game because of how that offense slowed down. Exactly. And again, the proof's in the pudding. There's a reason they built a 13-point lead over the first 40 minutes of the game and the last exactly. eight minutes, you know, again, uh, they, they just fail to get good shots. Every shot is late in the shot clock. Um, I, I was meaning to take a look this morning on – the time the, the time at which a shot was attempted and i guarantee you over the first 40 minutes it's a lot closer to 24 uh, whereas over the last 8 minutes and overtime it's a lot closer to zero um yeah. you know so that, that, that again and and i and i've looked at the numbers in the past their passes per quarter are, are decreased dramatically which is correlates to a poor offensive rating um in the fourth quarter compared to other quarters so um as you as you know it's been a season long issue um it's been a season long issue and they haven't corrected it coming into thursday night we'll see if they correct it um a lot yeah. of its mentality and and mindset it starts to get in your head it's harder to get out um but again if they lose the game taking shots that they're comfortable that they that they were successful over the first you know the first 45 minutes you you, you can deal with that um you know rims you know it's a little bit you get a little bit tighter a little more pressure it happens um but again what you don't want is to abandon things that have been successful in an effort to pray that the minutes run off the clock and seconds tick right. off the clock. It's just not a, it's, it's not a means it's not a successful recipe for, for a victory. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if they, if they figure that out, but the Knicks do win 
improved their record to 27 and 23. They are just a half game behind the Heat for the sixth and most important uh, playoff spot because that avoids the playing situation. So um, the season is still trucking along. Just when you think that it's going one way, it goes a totally different way. We talked about how big the schedule, tough the schedule is getting, how Knicks could be in a lot of trouble. They beat two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference in back to back games. Uh, so we'll see what happens. 